0: Well, I'm going to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, hopefully you had a chance to grab a a set of notes, though I'm not sure what was going on with the printer. Um, Kind of center through there on an angle. So if you're OCD, I apologize for that. That had nothing. I went, and it went, beep, beep. (laughs) And after that, I come back, and it was what it is, so <laughs> it, uh, it's all good. Um, so I'm going to pray, then we'll read through our text this morning. You'll kind of see the, the heartbeat that we had. Chris and I spent some time in Ontario last week, and we had a chance to uh, worship and attend their parents' church there in Simcoe, Ontario, and, and you walk in as, as guests. And uh, we get to sit in there, small group study, Sunday school, and, and got a flavor of that. And uh, got to worship and, and sit underneath the preaching of the word. And, um, you know, as, as young people, you know, I'm say young Christians. We're always young Christians before we're, <laughs> we're in the ministry, right? There, and you're processing, you know, church. And, and my sister and brother in law, their family attends another church. And, I mean, there's there's probably at least 14 churches within a 10 minute drive of Simcoe <laughs> as you're driving around. It's like, anyway, it's very interesting dynamic, but, uh, um, just processing, you know, church, you know, what, what, what is it? i like, is it, is it, is it, is it different? Each church families, it's a living organism, um, you know, forms, forms have to be flexible, you know, functions, um, are set, there are commandments, all these different things, and, uh, it's good to think about, you know, Christ's church and, and how he works and how he operates. And that's where we'll be this morning. So nothing, nothing in the notes, nothing that I'll say there is, is meant to be judgmental. It's always just thinking through constructively where we're at. Um, it's 2023. I have one observation, and I do need to pray before we get going. But one observation I did have sitting in this big church. I mean, it probably sits 400, 450 easily. You know, sound music. They had a full choir. I mean, everything, right? But you look around, and you think to yourself, age-wise, in 20 years, this church is going to be gone, right? So it makes you think through, okay? You know what, what's going on. Like 2023, what what's taking place here? And uh, that's when things get serious. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you that we can gather in your house um, freely. Lord, we thank you that um, we can carry our Bibles in. Lord, we can, I think for the most part, Lord, have free, open conversations almost about anything in our midst. Lord, I thank you that this is not a, a judgmental church family. Lord, I thank you that this is not a sarcastic church family. I thank you that this is not a a tense church family. But Lord, as we read through scriptures this morning and we see the beginning of your ecclesia, your assembly, your church, the birth of your church, Lord, I pray that um, we would quiet ourselves with what this looked like. We would quiet ourselves with where we, we would fit in to the, the events that are taking place. Lord, as we look at different words like, like fear or one accord or the idea of, of sacrificing and coming, coming together in spiritual intimacy, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just brush that aside. Lord, that you would open our eyes and you give us the boldness to look at, at, at what it is that we're actually doing with our faith now. And I pray that you would help use this text to lead Coldstream Baptist Church forward and the things that you have for it. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so Acts chapter 5. We're just going to pick it up in verse 11 and read down to verse 21. And uh, this should be, uh, I I find it exciting. Every time I open these pages, because I'm very familiar with this text, I think I can settle into it more right it's not new i don't have to work through it there i mean it's just it just becomes more and more uh application wise to me so verse 11 says so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things and of course this is talking about ananias and sapphira and and christ dealing from his throne with this blatant lying to the spirit lying to god about the the financial side of things and i mean he's dealing with his own church so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things and through the hands of the apostles many signs and wonders were done among the people and they were all with one accord in solomon's porch and we remember that picture that i put up a while ago about the temple And there's this teaching area with a whole bunch of columns, like a second-story idea. And that's where the Jewish rabbis would sit, and they would teach from that. It was a place of teaching. Uh, Verse 13 says, Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, So they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. It's almost like the first hospital model. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Healed. We see a beautiful picture of a gathering to Jerusalem, right? And I think that's significant as well. Then the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. There's a hatred towards this. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, go. Stand in the temple and speak to the people. This next part is very important. All the words of this life. Right? Knowing God, knowing the Son whom He sent. And when they had heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. That's about as far as we're going to have time there this morning. So let's just, just come back up to verse 11 and we'll step into this. We see here in verse 11 a accountability before God. Right, I mean, we have, we have Ananias and Sapphira, we have that line, we have a, a real life Christ dealing with his people from the throne. Believers aren't allowed to live however they want. All right? I mean, believers at this time, they're stepping out from underneath the law into this spirit of God through the word of God as, as they're, they're discovering who Christ is. We're not above God dealing with us. So there's an accountability here as he deals with his subjects. He's pondering that a little bit, right? The topic of spiritual purity in a church family, is that a a topic that's taught on much today? You know, the idea of of examining your lives, uh, and when you're done examining your lives, gathering with others that help examining your lives, Right? And coming to that place of spiritual purity and intimacy so that Christ can work in our midst. Is that something that we, we visit very often? I don't think I've ever visited. I mean, I've heard sermons on it, and, and, but a lot of it's processed about me and my faith. But rarely do we look at it as a church body-wise. Right, It's something there that, that, that is just set aside. And here in verse 5, we see a, a purity that's demanded by Christ for his working in their midst. So we have accountability, and and I wrote down some applications here because verse 11 does say, so great fear came upon all the church, right? I, I almost wish it would say sinners, right? Sinners are those outside the church. It came upon the assembly, right? There's an accountability, and upon all who heard these things. So I wrote this down. Has the church removed the accountability to be accommodating today. The idea of of, of the, the 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 almost the main agenda is getting people into church almost at all costs. Right? To be seated in the pew. And I'm gonna say there, that's a that's that's I have to be careful. Neil and I and the men Saturday mornings, we talk about this quite often, right? Because Sunday morning service is I mean, getting people in, hearing the gospel, sitting underneath the Word, that is a very, very important key thing. But is Sunday morning a time when we have the visitors and we have all the problems and we have Is that a time of spiritual purity and intimacy where we come together? And I'm going to say, no, it's not. It can be in smaller sections and smaller people, but, but I'm not going to go to someone I don't know in the middle of the service or, or, or what have you and start dealing with my sin openly... Right? Because I'm not spiritually intimate with everyone in this room. So we have a model. We have something that's a little bit differently. And, and, and we just have to work with that because that is kind of the church model that we've adopted. Right? Sunday mornings are something different. We need to get our children. We need to get our grandchildren. We need to get our addicts. We need to get everybody in here and show them love, and show them this is the answer, and, and remind them of where some of them have been baptized, and remind them of these things. But it's not a time of that spiritual purity and evaluating. So that's a, a young man just processing this. I, I wrote, has being in the pew Sunday morning, um, the fix-all mentality, has it become there the priority, rather than the the separation from the sinning life choices and broken fellowship? Have we created something different here? Lastly, just thinking about the great fear that came upon all the church, that accountability. When is the church's time of spiritual purity and intimacy supposed to be? When when is that supposed to be? When is that, that great fear, that accountability that, that confessing of sin, that, that open, not that you have to, working through those things, you know, accountability setting, praying for one another, laying on hands. Like, when, when does that take place? And not to be too silly, but is it at our optional prayer meetings that aren't attended well? Or our Sundays? Or is it an annual business meeting thing? I'm saying there, in most churches, it just doesn't happen anymore, right? That, that time of coming together in spiritual purity. And, and so that fear is, is, is set aside for, we just need to get people in the church, and we just need to, and I'm saying there that that kind of almost places us in that where Jesus is knocking at the door of many churches. Because it's not connected, because it's not spiritually intimate and in fellowship, Moving on to verse twelve. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Now I know we've been through this, so we've got accountability. We have this assembly operating that that, that, that Christ is dealing with sin in our midst. There's a spiritual purity that's that, that's commanded, and we will stand before him one day. And then we have this authenticating works. Now you remember John chapter 5, verse 36. Whenever we read about the, the apostolic signs and wonders, Jesus said something very, very powerful about why he did signs and wonders. It wasn't just because Jesus' is love and he wanted to. There was a specific purpose for that. And I'll just read it for you. John five thirty six. He's standing before the Pharisees and he says, But I have a greater witness than John the Baptist, for the works which the Father has given me to finish the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. So Jesus had a specific message to bring, okay? And to authenticate that message, he did miracles, right? And then and we, we had that message there before. Does the church emphasize the miracles or the message, Right? And the proper balance there is supposed to be the message is the priority, and the miracles authenticate that. So then we have the apostles who come in, and I mean they are authenticated ambassadors with full authority of Christ. I mean, I mean, they were given the keys of heaven, right? Matthew 16. So as these men were preaching, guess what? Jesus, through his spirit, authenticated their message through signs and wonders. Right, so this is a powerful time of preaching, powerful time of teaching, and so we have there, like we, it says there in verse twelve, "The signs and wonders were done among the people. almost got lost in this one Because I mean, when I read the people, I mean, I immediately start thinking, okay, all the different people around there, but but in, in, in this specific context, who's the people? Where does it say they are in this verse? They're in, they're in the temple vicinity, Solomon's porch. So we, so we have a little bit more narrowed audience here. It's the Jewish people. As they're, as they're coming into the temple to worship, like these weren't just people, they're pagans that had no idea who God is. Right? They were people that had a grounding in the Old Testament Scriptures. So the people were coming there to, to worship. They, they already had a, a grasp, well, I mean good grasp, that they knew who God, Yahweh, Jehovah, the Creator is. They're coming to worship there. I mean, they have the Torah as their commandments. They're coming with their, their Old Testament Scriptures. And, and these, they were beginning to hear the pieces of the Gospel. Do you think they could still process what had happened Let's say four months before at Calvary, the crucifixion of Jesus, that would have been very, very fresh still, right? So these people, it says there, many signs and wonders were done among the people, these Jewish people, they would have seen the miracles of Jesus. Right? They were connecting the message. This is the same Jesus of Nazareth, God's Christ, God's Messiah, the anointed chosen one, the king. They, they would have probably, some of them participated in the Hosanna, the triumphal entry. Right? The signs and wonders were authenticating that Christ, he was killed. Right, The Romans and the Sanhedrin killed him. They placed him in a tomb. They sealed that tomb. But God raised him from the dead. He's at the right hand of the Father. The apostles are now doing signs and wonders. Where is that power coming from? Guess what? He is alive. Right? Holy Spirit, just as Jesus said he was going to, he's going to send his spirit. So there's a lot going into this. But also when you realize that these apostles going to their own people, their own families, right? The hardest mission field in the world, I believe, is their own families. Right? Right, they're going back into the temple, the, uns, the most unsafe place for them. They're going back to their own kinsmen. They're going back to their own brethren. And they're, they're preaching and teaching the Word of God to them. Right, there's a lot that goes into this. But the authenticating, the Jewish people come in the temple holding all the scriptures. They have all the pieces. But what is the purpose of the authenticating works? to authenticate the message. I wrote this down application-wise when I think of that picture of them going to their own, going and doing signs and wonders. Has the church discarded the purpose of authenticating works for how the works themselves make them feel? Why, Why does the church do what it does? Quite often we find ourselves working, say, does anybody else here struggle with being task oriented or goal oriented? Like, I mean, it's like, you know what, I'm here, let's use VBS for instance. Give me a job and I'm going to come do the job and then I'm going to, once that job is done, I'm done, right? I've worked in VBS situations like that. Harvest house, can that become a job? Right? make a meal yes i'm gonna i'm gonna make a meal i show up oh the tables are already set well i'm not needed here anymore right why are we doing the works that we do now i'm not an apostle i mean i'd love to be able to heal people and raise people to life i mean it it but but i can do other things but why does the church do what we do it's always to authenticate the message Right? The Spirit leads us, whether it's showing love or whether, but, it, but the message has to be front and center. Otherwise, it just becomes a religious thing. Right? And I've been to a lot of different. No, i would going I to say there are different sales and pie sales and raising money and raising support and playground sets and all that stuff that, that is a good cause, but there's no Bible, there's no gospel, there's no Christ. And it's a religious thing. Right, so in many ways, the churches discarded the, the, and, and got caught up in the works. I've got one, one other thing there to, to, to point out here where it says, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Right, Solomon's porch was a place of teaching. It was a place where the message, the Old Testament scriptures, I mean, rabbis would sit there and, they, and people would gather around and they would work through and they would debate. And, 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 and it was a place of teaching. The message was being taught. I don't know about you, but in 2023, we don't live in a time of learning anymore. We don't live really in a time of teaching I mean, if I can't find it in Google in 10 seconds, um, I'm moving on. I probably even forgot what I was searching for, right? I mean, the time of learning, time, time, of, time of, of, of looking for, and it, but the people were there hearing the message being taught, right? Thinking about the church, if Christians themselves today do not desire the teaching at Solomon's porch. Right? We're not going to see spiritually obedient, abiding marriages, families, community presence, intentional evangelism. It's impossible. Right? If God's people don't want the teaching of the word, if they don't want to, to, to understand the foundations of what they believe, I just think of monkey see, monkey do. If grandma and grandpa don't want it, right, then their kids aren't going to want it and their grandkids aren't going to want it. So let me just wrapping up that verse 12 there, and through the hands of apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. What was the purpose? To authenticate the message and what was being taught. And, and the, they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, this place of teaching, we could spend a couple moments thinking about with one accord, right, in that last part of verse 12. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. I mean, they were separated from the world, right? They were separated and unified. Now, I still think it's, it's, a, it's, it's unique that they're gathered in the temple vicinity doing this, but they've separated from Judaism, they've separated from the world, they've separated to the spiritual purity, and they're with one accord they're participating in that right there's an active case to that can the church be spiritually of one accord while maintaining independence i was raised and and it's i'm not putting anybody down here but i was raised in a church culture where my faith was my own my struggles were my own my prayer life was my own, right? My Bible study, my Bible knowledge, it was my own, right? And if anybody there got into to my own faith, then I felt judged. I call that independence now, right? The idea of reaching out and asking for help or asking for prayer or, or, or reaching out and, and spiritually, I mean, just, just asking to pray with someone, that's not something I was raised with, right? I was, I, my faith was my own. My question here with one accord, can you be one accord with others while still maintaining that independence? I'm saying, no, you can't. You're doing your own thing apart from that spiritual body of Christ that God has designed to be pure and spiritually intimate. Can we do this? Can we be one accord while not spiritually seeking? Can you be one accord with other believers as you're spirit not spiritually studying, or serving? No, I'm I'm going to say there. If you're not participating in what spirit-led ministry, spirit-led one accordness, if that's a word, if you're not participating in that, you're out here. Right. And I'm going to say there were a lot of believers, okay, you know, believing that Jesus is the Christ there, but but they weren't part of that one accord until they joined and began participating in that says they were with all one accord in solomon's porch i want us to notice in verse 13 and we're making good time what the response was from the world from those around us now i say the world i mean this is the jewish community and and the old testament scripture so it's a different dynamic like like we can't these aren't pagans that have no idea who God is, no idea who the Spirit is, no idea what sacrifice and worship is. They know. They just have to make that transition to who Christ is. We see the, the response from that in verse 13. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. <laughs> it, that'd be like the worst church motto in the world. Being, being so pure and so spiritually powerful and on fire for Jesus that people don't have the courage to join with that church family. And that's what that word dare, dared to, I think it's talmeo there as, as I researched it. The people on the outside didn't have the courage to approach you know, with this desire to participate. That's how, how spiritually intimate that's how, how, how powerful Christ is working in their midst, right? The Jewish people are like, we know, what some, we know that God is working in their midst, but, but I, don't, I don't have the, the courage to go ask, participate, right? And yet it says there they highly esteemed them. That would be a crazy, crazy assembly to be part of, right? I know I've been, just bringing a practical, I've been in prayer meetings where I've left afterwards going, I don't even know if they were Christians. <laughs> you know, like just, 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 I mean, prayer, couple sentences or, or, or stumbling through something there that we would call prayer, not that it has to look a certain way, but I'm like, I don't think they talk to God. You know, or or I think we're just here for the pie. You know, that, that kind of thing. You, you leave and you're wondering, right? But then you step into other spiritually intimate settings where you sit down with born-again believers and I almost don't want to pray because I'm enjoying praying alongside the others. And it's a powerful, centered on Christ time. I mean, it's almost like the we're standing in the throne room and you leave going, I've been heard, we've been heard. I mean, I, I, I mean it, it, yes, that's what it's supposed to be, that, that one-accordness, right? And that's what I'm thinking of here right as we, we we work through esteemed highly dared not join like like there's a there's a special thing about being spiritually unified and of one accord, but if you're not participating in that again you're you're outside of that, thinking through a little bit what was their their hang up from not daring to join them or not having the courage to join them and I mean we can fabricate our own reasons why we don't join in on prayer right we can fabricate our own reasons and i know it's satan in the background going oh you're not as godly as them right or or, oh you have this sin in your life that 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 you really shouldn't even be be going and participating in that how about even just the fact that that spiritual maturity and we read that in first john that's something that grows i mean i I mean, I, I didn't just step into faith in Jesus and all of a sudden like the, I became this biggest prayer warrior in the world. And it's something, something that you learn, something that you mature, something that has to be grown, but at the same time, oh, I don't feel worthy to pray with other believers. I think that's a big one, right? That keeps people back from that being of one accord and participating in that. Religion would be one. Right? Where, where it's like, this is what we've always done. I, I still marvel at times, and, and I apologize there to my father if, if, if he's watching this at some point, but, but praying the same prayer over a meal three times a day. Right? That, that's, a, that's a religion that started somewhere. Right? Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, and I'm thankful that we say grace over the meals, but where's the intimacy in that? The form, right? Like, like it's 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 something there that that, that that has taken place. And then to step outside of that, I think there was two. My first first Sunday here at this church, I had two people approach me. Don't ask me to pray, Pastor. I don't. I don't. No, no. That's not. That's okay. Well, whatever. Like, we'll work through this, okay? Um, but there are things holding us back. Was it world? Was it opinion? Was it guilt? Hypocrisy? We covered that. Was it accountability? There are a number of things that keep us back from participating in that one accord and that spiritual intimacy. Just to close that verse off, and I should probably wind this up, right? Where it says, rest did not join them, but people esteem them highly. Just thought to myself, we have to be very, very careful. Because the world defines godliness differently than God does. Right as a world that's outside of that and they're looking on in, I think we have to be careful that, that we're making sure our lives line up with the models of Scripture. Because these Christians, right, these born-again believers, even just covering the stuff that we covered this morning, they feared God. There was a spiritual purity. I mean, they're like when those, that man and wife dropped dead and they carried them out, I can only imagine how many hearts got right on the spot? <laughs> you know, like, 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 I need to deal with that. I need, to, I need to go ask for help and deal with that. I, I, need, I need to go make decisions right now. Right? These Christians feared God. There was an accountability. There's no playing here. Uh, they were sitting in Solomon's porch, the place of teaching. Right? That wasn't an accident that they came to the temple vicinity. Just picture this great temple You know, thousands of Jews coming in to worship, the sacrifices, the busyness, and yet they're they're here at Solomon's porch going, teach us more about Jesus. Teach us more about what's coming. Teach us more about the hope that we have in Him. That's a special kind of assembly. That's a special kind of group of believers. They sacrificed. We see that there as they're selling their properties. They're looking after each other, and they serve. But the big word, and you notice that the last word there on the right, they did it together. Right? There's no independence, there's no, there's no my faith, my own, they came together in that spiritual intimacy. And I think that's where I'm gonna close this morning. Much more could be said, uh, there's another page to those notes on the back side, but we'll leave that. Right? There's nothing like it in the world, we, we visited that at 1 John, right? That maturing love casts out fear, right? That's not something we do on our own. If, if you wanted a, like an exhaustive study there that you'd both be exhausted, and it would be a crazy study. Just how many uses in the New Testament we is used? You rarely read I. It's always we. It's always together. It's always, a lot of times it's plural, right? And this, this group of, of believers, they're gathering with one accord. They're sitting there at the teaching of the word. Christ is working in their midst. It's a together thing, So maybe the take-home would be this. If you're not participating in that here, then you're not part of that one accord, right? And and we're trying to function out here. Maybe it's time to to join in on what Christ is doing in our midst. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you just for this time. Lord, we thank you again. Even just thinking about being this side of covid Lord, and all the different hoops that we had to jump through and precautions we had to take and the fear that rose and, and, and all the different things that were going on. But Lord, here we are and it's safe again. Lord, and here we are and, and we're living in a time of brokenness as our families seem to be wrestling with, with more and more satanic, demonic influences Lord, brokenness is just a a normal thing in today. Lord, both in Christian homes as well as secular. And Lord, if there's ever a time where your people needed to separate, needed to come together, needed, even if they have to do it on their own and leave their families behind, needed to come and begin participating in the spiritual intimacy of following you. Lord, it's now. And Lord, this is where the strength is. This is where we we rejuvenate. This is where we get ready to go back into the mission fields. Quite often, our own families. Quite often, our own, our own workplaces. Lord, you, you name it, Lord. But doing it on our own doesn't seem to be working. And Lord, I pray that you would, you would knit us together. You would bring us together. Lord, you would bring... bring just a powerful force from this church, big or small. Lord, that people there would, well, I would hope they would dare join us, but Lord, it would make them think about what they need and what they're, what, they're, what they're joining with. Lord, I pray that if people are esteeming us and calling us godly, it's because your word is open. Lord, our lips are proclaiming you and our testimonies line up with your leading. And I just pray, even there as we, we close off this service, Lord, we think of the funerals. Lord, and just be, be with Glenn and Krista. And, and Lord, I just pray that you'd give us conversations with the generations around us. Lord, that there would be a fear. Lord, there would be a recognition of eternity. There would be a recognition of accountability. And Lord, I pray that we would recognize our place in it. We just ask your blessing on this, and we pray these things in your name. Amen.